So today we are here with Fernando Huergo, uh, and I hope I pronounced that last name correctly. Uh, great bass player from Argentina, now up in Boston, teaching at um, Berkeley. Man, how does it feel? You know, you're kind of in, in that final push, if you will, of, of a new release coming out. Well, I'm very excited. Really looking forward to the new album. Um, it was a lot of work, and I'm, um, you know, I, if I can say I'm proud of it. So, yeah, definitely excited and looking forward to, to hear it and share it with everybody. So how has this process changed for you over the years? Because I know you've been on, you know, a few albums, to say the least, as, as a bass player and whatnot, and you've done, uh, what is it, 12 now as a leader? So how, like, how has that process evolved and, and changed over the years? Well, um, yeah, I, I, I love playing. I'm, a, I'm a, a, a sideman, naturally. I play with a lot of different projects, and I love that. I love playing every, everybody's music. I learned so much with that, and uh, I wouldn't change it ever. But at the same time, uh, there is certain music that I feel that I, I want to share, that I want to uh, that I compose myself. So I also try to, I try to, keep, try to keep a balance between being a leader and being a sideman. Obviously, as a bass player, I play a lot with a lot of different projects. Um, and uh, before, uh, I used to, uh, we work on, I work on trios, quartet, quintets, and uh, this is the first time that I uh, decided to do a big band record. And uh, the reason was, was because after the last album, I kind of started writing new songs and it was, it was kind of almost like a pattern. I said, well, you know, I got to push myself a little more and try to learn, try to grow. And uh, so I started to think about doing a big band album. With, you know, that transition, if you will, you know, from writing for a small group to doing big band, um, was that something that was difficult for you? You know, when you, cause you're, there's inherently a lot more arranging what's going to go into it and a lot more, uh, micro details that kind of go into it. You know, there, you know, you're having to write like a lot more specific harmonies and specific parts and everything. So how did you go about dealing with that? Um, well, I, I was very lucky to play over the years in many big bands back. I went to Japan with a great big band in the early nineties when I, I used to play in George Russell big band at NEC for a minute as a student. And then uh, I played with uh, Guillermo Klein, the Los Watches, which is, we're 11, but the horse is such an uh, important part of the band. So I always, I, I had that sound in my, in my, in my, in my heart, I would say, you know, the, 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 uh, I really, I really like the, how how they sound, how they work, the the, the harmonies, the possibilities, the the, the 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 you know, it's 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 an incredible amount of uh, choices that you have musically, right. and, and so um, I uh, yeah, it, it took of course it took a lot of work. It's not just you write a tune and then you go to solos, you know. It's uh, so it took a lot of work in listening and uh, studying. Uh, you know, I took lessons and I listened to an, an enormous amount of music and, uh, and I, I think I learned a lot, which is perhaps the most important thing of this whole process. So with these, 
you know, what, what kind of came first for you here? Did you know that you wanted to do a big band record or did some of these compositions that are on this record come first and you had to then take something that you might've written for like a quartet, quintet and, and you know, superpose, superimpose it on a big band and, and, and figure it out how you wanted to voice that way? Well, there were, they're both because, and, and I think the most effective songs or tunes or compositions are the ones that were the songs written first and then arranged for Big Band. When I tried to arrange for Big Band, it worked, but it's not as effective, I think, as writing a composition and then arrange it for Big Band, you know? Sure. So I think that if I can suggest to anybody want to, to do that is to, to just try to write a song first and then arrange it. I did both and uh, I think I like the results of the first, you know, more. Uh, and um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's, that's my process, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, you got this record coming out, uh, the possibility of change where, so I, you know, I think that's a really cool concept to think about, you know, because I think as musicians, we're always um, enamored and interested with, you know, seeing someone like a Miles Davis and how he changed over the years and whatnot. How do you kind of, uh, bring that concept of change into the album? You know, are these compositions that are spanning over like your past 10, 15 years of writing or, or what of the album has changed for you? Um, well, I, I, you know, the, the title was inspired by, 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 by a, a talk from the radio show, The Moth, by the, the um, Turkish writer, Elise uh, Safak, I think is her name. And uh, and she told a beautiful story, and she ended with the possibility of change. And it's, that sound, it sounds like poetry, you know. So I, I was really inspired. It felt like almost like like electric current, you know. And I, I was driving from a gig, and then I just get home, and I just wrote almost the entire tune right that night. And uh, um, I think that you know. We need change, you know, uh, as, as a society, as, as a people, as a community. So I think uh, that the, the, there is a possibility for it. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I hope we can learn and we can keep growing and we can become a more equal and just uh, society. Yeah. So with, with you, you know, were you, was writing something that was always uh, a part of your life? You know, because I think, especially with people, um, you know, they, they get their playing chops together and then writing comes in after fact. And like, how has that been something that you've, uh, you know, worked on? Like, I know some people use that method of saying like, well, I need to practice it just like I got to practice my scales. You know, I need to set aside X amount of time every day and work on composing. Or is for you, is it something like, you know, I just compose when, when I'm inspired. And, and at that moment, it's, it's when I work on it. And besides that, you know, I let it have its time to breathe. Well, if I can, I'm, I'm going to quote the conversation between two friends. I remember, you know, Guillermo Klein, who is a, yeah. a master composer and arranger, and Diego Ricola, a trumpet player, master trumpet player. And he was saying, Diego was saying, well, I only write when I'm inspired. And Guillermo started laughing, like, what do you mean when you are inspired? We're like, what is that? Yeah. You know, it's, you, you write, you sit, and you work at it, and it's the same as practicing. And the more you do, the better you are at it. And I remember, to me, 
to sit at the piano, to compose, it was, it's, it's such a joyful thing. It's almost like, I'm, now I'm gonna play with music, you know? I don't have to go over the grade of practicing the scales and arpeggios and transcriptions and things and memorizing and things. This is just fun time, you know, creative, absolute creative time. So I always had it from, from, the, from when I was a student at Berkeley, I, I led my recitals and I did a lot of my own music. I did an album, my first album, I was like 24, 25 years old. So I, I, um, I always wrote music and to me, it's a very joyful process, of course. It's very frustrating as well. It's very, uh, it takes a lot of time. And most of the time you think you fail miserably, but you know, it's, 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 a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge of music in every aspect of it, you know, practicing, playing and composing. How do you, um, you know, cause you're teaching now and you've been teaching for a minute at, at like Berkeley and everything. And I'm sure private students outside of that how do you advise your your students on that? Because I feel often with young musicians, and I mean myself, you know, 25 out of my masters and whatnot, you often uh, lose faith in a musical idea before you give it the opportunity to get anywhere at all. You know, you just write eight bars or something, you're like, man, that sucks. Move on to something else. So how do you um, advise them on, on keep moving through with that? Um. Well, a, a, a friend, a former teacher and colleague, Bruce Kurt, said he writes music every day. I mean, I wish I could do that, you know, I mean, but I, I, just, I just can't. But it's, I, sometimes a student I, might not show up and I, I just, I'm messing around with the piano. I might write four bars sure. and keep it, keep it there. Another time I'm with the bass and I write something. Oh, okay, I write those two bars. And then one day, I, I, and I keep all that stuff around. And then I start, develop, I, I discard most of it, you know. And then, oh, okay, this is not too bad. And then I start trying to develop it and work on it. And, uh, but it's, um, th those two things are important. Keep writing and not being afraid to throw things away. Otherwise, you know, you're not being selective and not everything anybody writes is great at all. So I think I will, I will I suggest those two processes. But, but um, it's important to, 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 the more you write, the better music you write. Right, so, you know, it, we talked a little bit about the, the compositional approach and, and getting down to that, you know? And I think with so many musicians, they just, like that only gets you to the recording date, you know? And they think like, okay, recording date happens, I'm done. You know, but uh, as someone who has recorded so many times and, and led a project, what is your, your advice there for, for those people that are going in doing their first or second record and, the, and those things that you've learned that either work well or, oh man, I should have thought about this before I got to the studio and, and how that carried on, you know, afterwards with your release and, and, and all those other facts other than just, hey man, I got to show up, I got to play bass, but I got to do all these other things too as the band leader. Well, today you have to, as a musician, you have to do an endless amount of things like you guys are doing, you know, it's amazing, you know, that you're, you're, you're musicians, you guys are, you have your own projects, you play with people, now you're, you're putting a record label out, you have to be, um, you have to be social media savvy, you have to be able to try to get gigs to, to somewhat sell yourself, it's, it's a, it's a, 
tricky time. It's difficult. And uh, yeah, I, I, I will say, don't give up, you know, try to try to tackle every aspect of being a musician in this century, everything that entitles and, and have confidence and keep, keep doing it all, you know, and try to play as much as you can. I think that's very important to play live, which is a very difficult thing to do today, you know, for everybody to just to get a gig. It's, it's just unbelievable. So this is the times that we're, we're living. This is the, the, the challenges that we have, but, you know, we are blessed to be musicians. We're dealing with music in everyday basis. So we're lucky to do that. Nevertheless, it requires a lot of work, a lot of, uh, a lot of strength. So, we need to keep going. Uh, otherwise, nothing will, 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 will matter. You know? Sure, sure. And, you know, I think it's really interesting being in, like, the, the world we're in now with music. You know, YouTube and, and Spotify and all those things. There's a lot more musicians that are um, influenced by all of these various cultures. You know, whether it is Argentinian, like your background, or, or you know, people checking out African music or music in Russia and et cetera, et cetera, and how that's influenced their playing. You know, how did you um, like bring together those two cultures for you? Like your Ar Argentinian culture and, and, and your, your heritage and roots there, but also bring that in with, you know, your love for like a Wayne Shorter and your Thelonious Monk and then meld that to find Fernando in, in all the midst of that. Um. You know, uh, when, when you get to be, <laughs> after a while, you just resign to be yourself, you know, and it's, yeah. it's, you just, you just do what you hear. And if it comes honestly, that's what you are, you know. I think that uh, I would say don't, don't close any, 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 uh, any doors or any windows of inspiration. And uh, if you know the music enough, it's in you, you know. I, I love, I love music. I just, and uh, going back to teaching, that's one of the best things about it is that the amount of music that I'm exposed through my students to some new music or stuff that I wouldn't check normally by myself. And, uh, you know, I think that if you keep a, an open mind and you keep listening, you keep growing and your music keep changing and get different influences. Um, I have, as, as you said, I grew up in Argentina, but I lived most of my life here. I love jazz. I grew up listening to Oscar Peterson's record in my home, but also listening to tango and folk music being played. I grew up listening to Brazilian music. I love Afro-Cuban music. I love funk. I love pop music. You know, so, and it's all good. You know, I, as long as you work hard and honestly at your music, it all comes as yourself eventually. I think your body of work will give it your sound you know you kind of touched on something that i think is um difficult for a young musician that idea of like staying true to what you hear and 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 going with that what um like how do you approach that with your students and what advice do you have there because i think there's a constant battle especially as you're younger with the side of like what do you hear versus what do you think you hear versus what do you need to learn because, you know, so many people, you know, myself included, I, you know, what you hear to a degree is limited upon what your capabilities are. You know, you don't hear lines like Clifford Brown because you might not be able to play like Clifford Brown yet. It's not that 
you know, so, so finding my divide with, I'm not hearing this because I, I'm just not there yet, or I'm not hearing this because that's not what I'm hearing. Does that make sense? Well, uh, what, what you're saying reminds me a little bit of, since you mentioned Miles, when, when he came from St. Louis, and he couldn't play like Dizzy or, or, or Fats Navarro. He just couldn't play those lines. But he developed his own, his own thing. He hung, hung on and eventually got the gig with John Parker. And, uh, but he learned a lot from the Bible language, but he developed his own language as well. You know, so you just maybe, you know, I, I, I respect a lot, a lot of different musicians, but I don't necessarily hear music that way, you know, or, or, or maybe I just can't, I can't play like them. But I can do I can I can do certain other things. I bring my own music, my own approach to the music, my own vision. You can say, you know, like Miles did. You mentioned you can change music like four times, you know. Right, right. So you know, it, I, um, it's great to enjoy Clifford Brown, but not everybody can play. Very few actually can play like Clifford, of course. But um, you know, and also it's I mean. I think it's important to study Clifford Brown, but I mean, he he was great in the fifties. You know, this is this is seventy years ago. You know, right. so it's um, it's uh, we have to reflect a little bit the times that we live today as well, with knowing the past. Like Bill Evans said, the musicians who see forward the most are the musicians who have seen to the past the most. You know, so you have to study, you have to know the history of the music, but then you have to look forward and be aware of the music that is happening now and reflect your um, times. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it's definitely easier said than done. I mean, it's, it's of course, you know, it's a <laughs> tough thing. So, you know, keeping that in mind, you know, there's a lot of original compositions on this record. Um, but you did some arrangements uh, of Thelonious Monk tune, a Wayne Shorter, Dave Holland, and Antonio, and I, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm not even going to try. I don't want to slaughter it, but a Brazilian musician, Antonio, right? How did, Anto how did you go ahead? Antonio Loureiro. Yeah. So, like, how was that intimidating a little bit to approach those compositions by those people where people have, you know, I've heard so many different versions of it and, and, you know, there's kind of a certain uh, expectation, if you will, when you, when you click on that song on, on Spotify or whatever, you think you can know what you're going to hear. Like, how did you tackle that while still, you know, looking forward, but appreciating and understanding the past? Um, as an arranger, I, I always try to respect the essence of the song. Um, I, uh, I, I like sometimes when people really deconstruct the songs and things like that. Actually, you, you know, I, I could mention many people who do that in a, in a very successful way. But to me, I like to stay um, close to the to the original feeling of the of the composition. And um, in my record before, I also did a tune by Wayne, and I also did a tune by Monk. I, they're two of my biggest. You know, I, I, I absolutely love their music. And uh, I think that I, what I did is mostly change the feel, the rhythm of the, of the composition in, um, with um, Epistrophe, which is the Monk composition in this record. I did it in one bar of four, three, and six, eight. And uh, that 
this place, you feel the band moving in a funny way. And uh, on the, uh, I remember listening to The Big Push, the composition by Wayne Shorter, and I arranged it for a, for a student big band in Puerto Rico. And when I finished, one colleague, uh, Rick Peckham, great guitar player, came to me and said, man, I love the reharmonization that you did of that song, though. all those chords, all the harmony. And it was the original song. If you hear that, it sounds like it's like a tune by Robert Glasper. And it was written back in 1965. You know, that's, that's Wayne right there. So, you know, it's so, there's songs that, I, I, first of all, I have to love the song in order for me to arrange it. And I usually try work with the beat, with the, with the, with the rhythm part, and try to, I did the same with Lonnie's Lament before, uh, uh, Trent comp Coltrane's composition, uh, with Evidence as well. Uh, so, so I usually work a little bit on the harmony, but mostly on the on the presentation of, of the beat on the of, on the on the meter. You know, and and that's interesting because I think, um, first off, it's a hard thing to do. You know, to write something in and uh, put onto it all these different meters, and and especially when it's something like an epistrophe, where I think so many students have such a strong. And even, I mean, musicians in general have a strong idea of how that tune should go. Um, how do you balance that, though, with running the risk of, like, doing too much to a tune? Because I think it's, it can be very easy to do that. And Monk's, like, a good example of, of his ability to do things that might sound and, and seem very complex. But at the end of the day, like, in, in its essence, you know, his solos are very strongly rooted in, like, the melody of it and, and are very simple but at the same time rhythmically difficult so how do you how do you balance all that not doing you know too much doubling or, or too much uh syncopation or, or too many odd meters and and, and all of that well you, you mentioned uh mark and and, and you, you said something very important that you have to stay close to the melody i think that in in monk's music in my experience you have to know the melody you have to when you're improvising you have to stick stay close to the melody otherwise it's you know the changes don't they do not help you you know it's uh, it's such it's like another level of in music you know it's uh so I, and you as you say you know he does that and the, and, and the musicians with him as well over the years they do as well because that's what, it, what works you know uh and uh it's a balance you know we're dealing with a big band and the format of just melody solo melody it doesn't really work but then, you know, I mean, I, I'm reluctant to be, make it a, the epistrophe symphony, you know, for like 20 minutes of, you know, I mean, I'm sure some people can do a great job of that. But to me, I, I, I like to present the music in a different way, fresh, respecting the, I mean, that, this is my objective, respecting the, the essence of the, the original composition, but in a different way, hopefully fresh and uh, inspiring and uh, do a little bit of it, mess a little bit with that, have some solos, and then that's it. You know, not 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 overdo it, and not, but also not just play the head and and out. You know, it's, I think it's like it's a balance. Right, right, right. So, you know, for you, you've you've written this project. It, we're, it's been recorded. We're putting it out now. It comes out 
end of July 31st, you know, what, what are you doing now? We're in this coronavirus world, you know, it's, it's June 4th as we're recording this. And how are you staying creative? You know, is there new compositions you're working on? Like what is going on in the world of Fernando? Well, we've been playing. I'm lucky that you know my girlfriend Julia Muselan, who's also an artist on your on your record and your label. Um, you know, so we we've been playing a lot. We've been putting some stuff, music online, playing some duos, and uh, yeah, I've been writing. Uh, I, I did uh, a couple of um, wind ensembles, uh, symphonic uh, uh, band projects. I did last year in my hometown. So I wrote another one, and uh, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, co I'm composing something. I'm not sure what it is. I always try to write a song first, you know, like yeah. a, a tune, and then eventually we'll see what happens, you know. But I'm working on something like that, practicing, teaching a line, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's a difficult time, you know, with what's going on. In, in this country and in the world with the pandemic, with the, with the racial crisis that we're dealing with. It's, uh, it's sometimes, some, some days are better than others, but um, we, we try to move on to keep going and, and uh, keep, um, keep growing, you know, keep learning, which is what it's all about, I think. Yeah, man, it's, it's uh, music is a beautiful thing like that. You know, it's, it's uh, never, I don't think any of us ever get to a point where we're like, all right, cool. We got it. That's it. You know, it's, it's just always changing everything. And that goes back to, you know, again, talking about miles or whatnot, as, as the times move forward, musicians are just checking everything out. Some of the biggest nerds out there, you know, checking out the technology and, and everyone else's stuff and, and everything. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, look, man, it's, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I'm, I personally love the record. I'm, I always, big band is hard to write for and I love seeing what everyone does with it, you know, and, and, and all the different voicings and all, and hopefully it fixes all the perils of my own writing, you know, but congrats on the record. Uh, comes out 31st. So two months now and uh, you know, it'll be on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, all the social media and all the things. And hopefully by that point, you know, we'll have gigs and you'll be back to touring the world, you know? <laughs> Hope so.